Welcome back to Politics and Bullshit. May 31st. I'm David. In the lovely San Francisco. Uh, it's coming up. Pride Month's coming up. Shout out to all my fellow queers and homos and LGBTQ. All those letters. It's our month next month. <laughs> Finally. Um, so, what are we going to talk about today? Definitely go over Trump a little bit. Facebook's in trouble a little bit. The ghost of John McCain is back. Man sets himself on fire outside of the White House. Uh, we're going to talk about a little um, a little bit about some political figureheads. Roy Moore is back in the mo- news. Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell. So we're going we're gonna to go over a little bit about that. Talk a little about what's going on with uh, Democrats and impeachment. And then uh, going to pick up where I left off on this last episode uh, about the whole constitutional crisis and where we are with that. I mean, we're in it. You know, we're in it. It's not like it's a, you know, a, a group of a thousand people screaming crisis. But, you know, we're, we're, we're definitely in a constitutional crisis. So we're going to go over what's uh, kind of going on with the, the courts and what's playing out with both the Trump administration and the and the. Uh, the justice branch of the part or the 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 brand, whatever you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> justice executive legislative yeah so the, the justice side is definitely having a heyday right now so anyways uh so all right so jump it in uh, according to the Washington Post, dozens of Homeland Security agents and investigators will deploy to Guatemala as part of the Trump administration's desperate attempt to slow unauthorized migration to the United States from Central America. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security personnel will work as advisors to Guatemala's national police and migration authorities, and they will aim to disrupt and interdict human smuggling operations. So, you know, this I'm actually all about. Um, I mean, we as a country knew that something is going on in Central America, um, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala. You know, there's there's a lot of movement of people and for a variety of reasons. Um, I would probably suspect that the main one is probably, well, I don't know, probably the economy, but also there's a lot of violence, gang activities, and a lot of people are like fleeing for their lives, right? So... You know the Trump administration had it all wrong the whole from since the beginning. You know they they were literally attacking the poorest people, right? These are people that are trekking thousands of miles from Central America to the border, right? Uh, meanwhile, there's many other other um, immigrants who are who are flying in, driving through, whatever. I mean, like they 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 have another or they have access to money, perhaps whatever they so. You know, here we are attacking like the worst of the worst, right? The ones that are fleeing and have no choice. You know, they're hungry, they're poor, you know, like the ones that probably need the help the most. And he focused that battle on the border, right? And not only did he focus that battle on the border, but he also changed the rules directly and indirectly and created his own crisis at the border, essentially. Uh, I mean, I'm probably, I mean, if you guys keep up with this, you know, they, they found out that more people died than expected or was let known. And thousands of kids are separated who may or may not be able to find their parents. I mean, like he literally created a mess. 
This is what he should have done in the first place. If there's a problem, go where the problem is. Go to go to Central America. Find out what's going on. Help them help stop this flow of, of, of them losing their citizens. I mean, that seems to be common sense, but, you know, we're, we're lacking in that with our, our current administration. So... I, I kind of approve of this move. However, I, you know, because it is the Trump administration, I'm sure they're going to find a way to screw it up. But you know what? We'll see. At least, you know, at least they're targeting where this kind of migration flow is coming from and hopefully figure out what, what's the best way to move on from there. So, you know, I guess we could keep our fingers crossed for that, but don't hold, don't hold your breath. So Facebook's back in the news. Um, this is according to Reuters. A U.S. judge ordered Facebook Inc. to give shareholders emails and other records concerning how the social media company handles data privacy after data for 87 million users was accessed by the British political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica. In a 57-page decision on Thursday, which followed a one-day trial in March, Vice Chancellor Joseph Slites of the Delaware Chancery Court said shareholders demonstrated a credible basis to believe Facebook board members may have committed wrongdoing related to data privacy breaches. No way. Uh, Back to the article, evidence presented at trial provides a credible basis to infer the board and Facebook senior executives fail to oversee Facebook's compliance with the consent decree and its broader efforts to protect the private data of its users, Slites wrote. Uh, shareholders sued Facebook last September to obtain records related to Cambridge Analytica and other breaches and said that upon finding wrongdoing, wrongdoing, uh, they might sue company officers and directors through a so-called derivative lawsuit. So I guess the, this lawsuit, they can actually target actual individuals and whatever. I'm no lawyer. But um, so... Basically, what's going on here? I mean, I always kind of am hard on Facebook, and I'm not really sure people understand why. Only because everyone thinks of Facebook is like, oh, that's you know the site I go to to you know keep up with all my aunts and uncles and whatever. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's how Facebook started. But now Facebook is moving into some hardcore kind of tech. They they're expanding. I mean, obviously they know they're not going to be able to make money off of Facebook forever. Um, so Facebook is essentially uh, profiting off of people's information without those people knowing, and then they're essentially trying to create, in a way, like a monopoly on like all their future tech goals. Um, Facebook is no longer really a social media company. I mean, they are a they are a tech company, and they package and sell data, right? So what we as citizens are now learning is how important our data is like and i'm not talking about okay you're a you're a man of 35 years old and you like these bands and these artists whatever i mean that's that's pretty like pointless information not really pointless but you know that's 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 something that's not that creepy for you know a a social media company to know however um and you could talk to like any psychology major about this um I mean, they actually have psychologists on their team, which study this. Uh, humans are we're creatures of habit. So when we do something a certain way to an observer, that, that teaches them something. It, it tells them, oh, this person does this thing this way because they probably have some sort of 
mechanic in their brain from this that leads to that and because they have this and it's similar to other people that have that they're most likely going to make a decision like this they are most likely going to like this product they are most likely going to like this artist and, and it's kind of at the core of it but then once you get into some more kind of serious things like elections and then you give people access to that information then you're able you're then you're able to create content that you put out into the world um, that can trigger people in a certain way that they may not understand. Um, you know we're we're such a reactionary species, and whenever we see like a political ad, I think we 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 get angry first or we get excited first. Whatever there there's like a, an emotion that comes out of it, but underlying right underlying. Every word, color, whatever was chosen to incite an emotion out of you. You know, that's why Cambridge Analytica, Analytica has so much attention on it because they were kind of pioneers for inciting emotions from people during elections, right? So if we are having elections with an unchecked, crazy social media tech giants out there i mean you know google facebook instagram snap whatever and there is no guardrail up that is there to protect people from false information incorrect information information to incite violence especially when we don't even know if this is even coming from people within our own country uh in my opinion there needs to be something that there needs to be uh uh, a group that watches that or there needs to be laws that should be strictly followed and we're all kind of figuring that out right now so that's why sometimes you're going to hear me talk a lot of bullshit about facebook i'm not really i don't care about facebook and like that the app or whatever but behind the scenes facebook is uh both really intriguing scary and exciting all right so that's enough of facebook so uh john mccain is back in the news May he rest in peace. <laughs> the ghost of John McCain is back. Oh, this is why this president is just so fucking aggravating. All right, so uh, the White House, and I quote from Wall Street Journal, uh, White House wanted USS John McCain out of sight during Trump-Japan visit. So Trump goes to Japan. I guess the ship USS McCain is out there. Uh, I'm just going to continue reading from the article. U.S. military officials worked to ensure President Trump would not see the warship that bears the name of the late senator, a frequent target of the president's ire. So he, or his team at least, uh, had the, the this ship moved, and not only moved, but apparently uh, covered up the name of the ship itself. Of course, they gave a reason. Oh, maintenance, right? So they said, "Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna clean the ship." But you're here, so we're actually gonna cover it. And then, um, not only that, because uh, people, you know, who are on these ships were invited to go see, you know, the president's talk. Um, this is from a, a journalist, um, Karen Tumulty. Warships in the harbor were invited to send sixty to seventy sailors to hear Mr. Trump's address with the exception of the McCain. When several sailors from the McCain showed up anyway, wearing their uniforms with the ship's insignia, they were turned away. Damn. Even in death, like, our president cannot 
handle seeing John McCain's name. I just think that's so hilarious. Um, I also kind of love it. It's like, you know, John Revenge or John McCain's ghost's revenge. It's, he's still haunting the president. Uh, but apparently it did come down that, uh, you know, Trump himself did not request that. However, another journalist who I can't remember basically pointed out that regardless of Trump did or did not request that, the fact that he has staff or an administration that knows that he would freak out if he had saw John McCain's name, that they went ahead and just like, okay, just just block the name. I mean, that means they're, you know, they, they've learned Trump's ways and, and they're, it's not like he wouldn't have requested that. Uh, so I just, I don't know why, I just think that's hilarious. So, hey, ghost of John McCain, keep doing your work. And speaking of uh, ghosts, uh, did you guys hear about that guy who set himself on fire outside the White House? So this was a, well, I mean, kind of like a bad joke segue. Um, he died. Um, it was that serious. Uh, before I get into that, um, there was another incident like this about a month ago, sometime in April, early April. Uh, there was a man in a wheelchair who set his jacket on fire outside of the White House. Um, he survived. I tried looking into that. Uh, because I was curious why um, someone would do that. Obviously, there's many reasons we can all come up with. You know, he could be anti-Trump, or he could be just a crazy person, or maybe he just, I don't know, wanted to make it, whatever. Uh, I didn't find anything from the guy in April. Um, so if anyone finds anything about that, let me know, because I was just curious. I mean, the fact that he was in a wheelchair, um, and I believe around that same time, there was something going on with some like healthcare thing that uh, probably like a pre-existing condition thing that would have kicked a lot of uh, disabled people off their insurances. So, you know, I mean, we can ponder that. However, um, this certain individual uh, was, I think, a little bit more on a demonstration side of things. I don't think he was a crazy person. So anyways, and I quote again from Reuters, uh, Secret Service officers responded to the incident of uh, the guy setting myself fire, uh, to the incident on the north side of the executive mansion, extinguished the fire and provided first aid, the agency said on Twitter. Uh, Daniel Kingery, a 57-year-old voter rights activist, said the man was holding up his burning jacket and recording the innocent, which appeared to be a demonstration. And this is a quote from uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Kingery. He wasn't obeying their order to put it down, so it was definitely some sort of protest. The Secret Service put out the fire, knocked him out of the scooter, and dragged him to a statue nearby in Lafayette Square where the other officials where other officials were waiting. The Secret Service closed Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House to pedestrian traffic, and a nearby block of 17th Street was closed as well. At least portions of the White House complex were locked down. I'm going to keep my eye on this. Um... I, I, as I mentioned, he, this was when, this is the day that it, it happened, and, um, it was later found out that, you know, he, he died. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I want to know more about what his point was. Um, who knows if any of that information will be, uh, available, but I will keep you posted on that. Shit's getting real out there. So have you guys been keeping up with uh, Representative Justin Amash, Amash, whatever, a Republican uh, congressman from Michigan. Uh, so he was kind of like the first congressional Republicans that came out very openly uh, on Twitter. And he laid out basically a list of reasons why 
the president should at least be going through an impeachment trial process or at least the, the beginnings of an impeachment process. Uh, he basically said that many Republicans have not even read the uh, redacted Mueller report. And if they did, then they would clearly see that the report definitely did not exonerate President Trump at all. In fact, if anything, it op- it caused more questions to be asked than it, than it did to, to stop those questions to be asked. So, you know, this is this is actually kind of like a little bit of a big deal. Um, you know, it's going to be a slow process, you know, during this whole thing. And slowly as more information comes out, I think more Republicans will be breaking rings. I think Amash is definitely one of those representatives that lives in an area where it's probably a good thing for him to do this, right? I mean, versus, let's say, you know, uh, Mitch McConnell for, I mean, obviously different uh, jobs, but whatever, just in, in certain states, you know, like if, if if your base is fully locked in and loaded on Trump, like nothing else, then you're not going to come out against Trump, even though if you think he is, he is a, a buffoon, but you're not going to come out against that. That would be uh, political suicide. But Amash appears to be in an area where, uh, you know, it, it could have gone either way from him, but it turns out uh, it was a huge benefit because he had a town hall maybe about a week later than that. And this is according to uh, The Hill. Uh, Representative Justin Amash received a standing ovation uh, this previous Tuesday at his first public event since becoming the first Republican to call for President Trump's impeachment. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated by this, right? Because uh, the it's 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 going to take a lot of courage for a lot of Republicans to come out, even though they probably don't want to. They might be scared. They might live in an area where it's not good for them. So there's going to be a lot who don't. But the ones who are in these districts, like Amash, that might be kind of 60-40, 50-50, whatever, where you know it's not so far left or far right. We're going to see a lot more of this coming out, absolutely. I think it's just going to take the people of those counties and districts to really let their representatives know. Um, I have no clue where uh, you, listener, are from, but if you are in an area that is kind of a mixed area, it's not super far left, it's not super far right, pretty in the middle, could go left or right, you are in a, val- you are in a very valuable area. You need to let your representatives, local representatives, know what the deal is. What do you think about this? Help guide them. They, uh, you know, your your congressional uh, representatives, like, they need their people to let them know what to do. Otherwise, they're just going to follow basic polls. But once they start getting a lot of input from the people, whether you're calling or protesting, whatever, you can move them in, in a direction. So that's kind of cool. I like that. And then just really quickly, I'm going to um, just breeze through these uh, next uh, figureheads here. Uh, some big names are kind of in the news again, all for really fun reasons. Uh, first up, Roy Moore. I don't know if you guys remember Roy Moore. He was uh, uh, running for the Senate in uh 2016 it must be 16 or 18 maybe anyways um against doug jones right democrat doug jones roy moyer republican in alabama right 
so super conservative Republican. Uh, he was the one that had that kind of like crazy history of um, being kicked out of malls for being weird around teenage girls and whatever. You know, there's like proof of this. There's like documentation of this. So whatever. So he's thinking about running again. Uh, and this is according to Politico, a defiant Roy Moore brushed aside Donald Trump's warning not to run for Senate again, telling Politico on Wednesday that Alabama voters are capable of deciding for themselves whether he's fit for office. Said Moore, the president doesn't control who votes for the United States uh, Senate in Alabama. People in Alabama are smarter than that. They elect the senator from Alabama, not from Washington, D.C. All I got to say about that is run more run. Please run again. Oh, man. If we can make sure we keep uh, the seat, Senate seat in Alabama, that'll set Democrats up pretty nicely uh, because we're trying to gain. I mean, we need to gain. Um, we need to gain Senate seats. Uh, I, I, I'm more confident that, that we can kick Trump out than we are to uh, win the Senate. But anyways, uh, Doug Jones keeping that seat would help out a lot. All right. Up next. Uh we're going to talk about Senator Susan Collins. So if you remember Susan Collins, she was one of the uh, deciding votes for Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, she basically gave him the thumbs up by uh, saying, as long as you don't fuck with Roe v. Wade, we're good. And Kavanaugh basically gave some kind of just run-of-the-mill answer like, I don't want to mess with historicals precedents that have been set so we'll see if that's actually true who knows if you know they'll ever get a chance to to uh decide or redecide roe v wade but uh, according to a critical insights poll a new poll in maine finds senator susan collins approval rate at just 41 percent down from 58 percent last spring and 51 percent last fall just 34% of Maine voters approve of President Trump, down from 41% last fall. So these are some really interesting numbers. There's also this group. I'm pretty sure it's still out there. I mean, if you guys are interested. But there was this group that uh, when, you know, Collins gave the thumbs up for Kavanaugh, uh, they basically put like a, I don't know, it was like a GoFundMe or whatever for, it was like a million or $2 million to go towards the person whoever uh, gets to run against Maine or uh, Susan Collins next year. So uh, I'm pretty sure that offer is still there. I think they did meet their goal of $1 million or $2 million, So uh, keep your eye on Maine. That's going to be a really interesting battle. And they already have a nice little bit of a money war chest to boost them up. All right. Up next, a little quick chat about Senator... Uh, Lindsey Graham. So he also is going to have a really good challenger uh, approaching him. So a gentleman by the name of Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison? Who knows? Either way, Mr. Harrison, the former chairman of the South Carolina Democratic Party, told MSNBC that he will announce Wednesday, so this was a couple days ago, uh, uh, announced Wednesday his Senate bid against Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, we all, well, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking generally, but we on Team Left, oh, can't stand Lindsey Graham. What a fucking just a ass kisser, right? I mean, he will say whatever he has to say to keep his job. 
I mean, he's quoted on video, film, whatever, from like years ago, talking about, you know, those who break, you know, those presidents who break the laws should be held accountable. But here he is, you know, defending, you know, a president from doing the same thing. So anyways, uh, keep an eye on Jamie Harrison, maybe even donate to him, you know, later on or now, whatever. Everyone should be donating to him. And then last but not least, uh, now I want to talk about Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's back in the news. So he was at some sort of, uh, I don't know, he was speaking at a luncheon. Okay, yeah, so speaking at a luncheon in Kentucky, it's according, from, according to CNN, uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was asked by an attendee, should a Supreme Court justice die next year, what will your position be on filling that spot? The leader took a long sip of what appeared to be iced tea before announcing with a smile, oh, we'd fill it, triggering loud laughter from the audience. <laughs> yeah, you fucking hypocrite. I mean, we all knew that. Because, you know, remember Obama's last year, uh, Scalia died or something. Anyway, was it Scalia? Anyways, one of the, one of the previous uh, justices died, and technically, if you're a justice... You die, whoever the president is, it is their obligation to uh, to appoint someone, and then the Senate, you know, approves it. Uh, but O'Connell's like, no, we're not going to do that. It's an election year. Let the people have a choice. I mean, sure, Res- you know, I guess that's a respectable idea, whatever. Still bullshit. But here he is basically saying, no, we definitely won't do that this time. No, of course not. Why would you? You... I mean, I don't blame him. I, you know, if I would do the same thing if I was in his position. But uh, just, uh, it's just nice when people are actually honest about their hypocrisy. All right, and lastly, uh, I want to check in with Nancy Pelosi. You know, the leader of the House. Okay, so because everyone's been, you know, especially on Team Left, whatever. You know, again, being general. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're everywhere right now. Should we impede? Should we not? You know, what's the right strategy? So, uh, Nancy Pelosi was quoted recently at a Commonwealth, at the Commonwealth Club, wherever that is, somewhere in California. Uh, nothing is off the table, but we do want to make such a compelling case, such an ironclad case that the Republican Senate will be convinced of the path that we have to take as a country in regards to, uh, beginning impeachment proceedings and i um and i know i can agree with that um i i i think i can kind of see her strategy she's not trying to rush into impeachment proceedings right now she's really trying to slowly kind of get the proceedings going i think for a couple of reasons one the longer it goes out especially into uh, a a an election year uh, the more damaging and, and, and difficult it will be for Trump, obviously. It, it's, you know, especially as a lot of these subpoenas are being sent to the courts and the courts have ruled overwhelmingly in favor for the House, um, a lot of more information will be coming out. So, again, you know, bad information is the way you, you win elections or lose them, um, depending what side you're on. Uh, but but yes, there are a lot of people that are like, no, start it now, start it now. And I also get that too. I mean, uh, that is your job. Your job is to uphold the Constitution, defend it. And part of that is also dealing with people who are breaking the law. Not only that, someone who's breaking the law is the president being protected by, you know, the uh, 
the executive branch, essentially, you know, uh, with his AG and everything. So I, you know, I, again, I can see, I can see the, the challenges there, but I can also see where she's coming from. I also, you know, love our hater. I, I trust her input. You know, she, she, she's been doing this for so long. She kind of knows how things are going to play out. I, I'm willing to see where she will take this. Because uh, I think she'll, she'll take it to a good spot. And she also just gets under Trump's nerves. Remember when she called him out? She called him or she said he had a temper tantrum. And he stormed out of a meeting. And then Trump the next day was like, I didn't have a temper tantrum. And literally brought in like people like, did I have a temper tantrum? Told them. Told the cameras. And they're like, no, you didn't. You were calm, Mr. President. Like just, <laughs> she, and I think she understands that. So, you know, she's, uh, she's also pretty smart about it. And then uh, before I kind of go over uh, where, where the whole constitutional crisis right now. Um, I wanted to read this really interesting uh, impeachment opinion. And I think a lot of people are going to agree with this. So this is a, uh, an opinion piece from political scientist Alan Lichtman, who wrote about the 13 keys to winning the White House and predicted Donald Trump's victory in 2016. So he was on CNN and he told CNN that Democrats are fundamentally wrong about the politics of impeachment and their prospects for victory in 2020. He's basically saying Democrats may need impeachment to win. Uh, he says Trump has only three keys against him now. Said Lichtman, an impeachment and subsequent trial would cost the president a crucial fourth key, the scandal key, just as it cost Democrats that key in 2000. The indictment and trial would also expose him to dropping another key by encouraging a serious challenge to his renomination. He added other potential negative keys include the emergence of a charismatic Democratic challenger, a significant third party challenger, a foreign policy disaster, or an election year recession. Without impeachment, however, Democratic pros prospects are grim. So he's kind of just like adding up all these factors that tie into, he, call, he calls them keys, these keys that add into uh, what generally creates a positive outcome for someone who's running for president. And um, by keeping impeachment pro proceedings going, it, it, it just takes away a key from Trump's pocket and, and you know, according to this political scientist, can definitely hurt his chances. Uh, I, I, I really agree. Impeachment I mean, should definitely be used because, you know, it's the right thing to do, but it should also be used extremely strategically and smartly. Um, I don't think it's something we need to rush into right now. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, there's definitely a good reason to, to rush into it right now, but the ultimate ending of it, if it decides to go through, is it's just going to be dropped in the Senate, right? And then I think as I read from another article, that is Trump's goal. He wants impeachment proceedings going because he wants it to die in the Senate. Because once it's dead in the Senate, it can't really come up again. And I believe uh, even after he leaves office, it could also inhibit a lot of the other investigations that are going on around him. So he wants this to happen because it is a way for him to get away without getting caught or in trouble for anything. So keep that in mind. I know, I know it's hard. 
I know you you want this guy out now, but you know what? Sometimes you gotta you gotta use the system to work to your advantage. So you know, let's uh let's see how that plays out. Okay, so now I'm just gonna kind of ad lib this last entire bit uh, here. So I kind of wanted to recap what's going on with the whole constitutional crisis in the last episode. Um, you know, we talked about what's going on with Barr and, and subpoenas that have been requested for information, and the executive is basically telling everyone to uh, not to allow those subpoenas to go through and withholding information. And so then it's going to courts now to see if that's actually something legal. Uh, so a couple courts ruled in Democrats' favor about a week or so ago, saying like, no, the Congress has this authority. It says so right there in the Constitution. So now I think it's going up to one other uh, court before it maybe gets finalized. Um, so uh, we finally heard Mueller talk. He isn't he adorable? I <laughs> I have such a such a little friendly crush on Mueller. You know, he's a good Republican. He's a good guy. So what does it mean? Okay, first of all, Mueller is a good guy. Uh, he has fought for this country. He has risked his life saving uh, some of his fellow troops during Vietnam War. Um, isn't he a general or something? Or he was, I don't know. He, he got up there in the Marines, you know. So he's a decorated, um, you know, military guy. He is a fucking, he, he is just, he, he's a, I don't mean this in a mean way, but he, he just, he's a do-gooder. He doesn't do anything wrong. He follows the rules and what the rules say. He's not trying to, you know, be famous. He's not trying to uh, get a career out of this. He literally just, I believe, loves his country, loves his job. And, uh, you know, regardless, Republican, Democrat, like you cannot deny those things. Second, uh, so Trump and Barr are now kind of switching the strategy up. They're now going for a, okay, so now we have to attack our quote unquote enemies. The enemies being uh, the FBI, the CIA, the special counsel, Mueller himself. And now what they're trying to do is... They're trying to go on attack now. So they are now going to try to investigate the people who were, I guess, assisting with the special counsel. They're trying to investigate where this whole, I remember the whole like P-tape thing came from, that whole dossier, uh, which by the way, was paid for by Republicans in the first place. So whatever. Um, so they're, they're going to try to flip the script and you know, hey, whatever, fair is fair, I guess, go for it. But they're going to try to use that as ammo to basically fight against any new information that Democrats find, you know, during their investigation. But the whole idea of the um, intelligence community spying on Trump or trying to make Trump fail is just bullshit. First of all, if they, if they wanted to do that, I don't think he'd be president right now. Because they did that shit to Hillary, right? Remember, they reopened an investigation. And that really caused a lot of uh, uh, pain and detriment to Hillary's campaign. Uh, but nothing about Trump. Even though there was an investigation going on internally about Trump. But that's because of his complex and shady deals with the Russian government. Which was also 
uh, being proven to, uh, you know, hurt our elections. So the intelligence community never came out with any of this damaging information during his run. Uh, Everything that the special counsel has done has been by the books, lawfully, you know, maybe leaks here and there, but very, like, you know, tight-lipped. So this whole idea of uh, the intelligence community is, is like, against Trump, and there's, like, this coop trying to take over Trump. Well, they're doing a really shitty job then, aren't they? And then, you know, Trump is just a, a person who understands the complexity of laws and how to break them or even how to, like, avoid them or slow them down or or just to get away with, you know, hey, we couldn't find it, but also there's not enough proof, so we're just going to, or whatever. Like, he just knows the complexity of, of the laws, and he's playing that game right now. I mean, he knows he's done some shady shit, but he knows if he goes on, to, on the attack, politically, he can maybe justify him keeping his job. And that's his whole goal right now is like just he needs to keep his job because the minute he loses his job, then he's under not only still probably federal investigations, uh, but then also state investigations. Uh, So with the constitutional crisis right now, um, there's something that happened today with Flynn. Remember Lieutenant Flynn? Uh, So he's been back in the news because... There's more information in regards to how Trump may have obstructed justice. Uh, this is also from uh, Reuters, I believe, maybe. I'll have to double check that. But anyways, the Justice Department on Friday released a transcript of a call from Donald Trump's attorney, uh, John Dowd, to Robert Kellner, the lawyer for Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, where he sought information about Flynn's discussions with the special counsel, CNN reports from CNN. Dowd also wanted to remind Flynn about, in the quote, end quote, uh, the president and his feelings towards Flynn. However, the Justice Department refused to turn over transcripts of Flynn's calls with Russian officials, including then Russian Ambassador uh, Sergei Kislyak, as was expected after Judge Emmett Sullivan ordered prosecutors to file those publicly. Separately, the Justice Department hasn't released any additional parts of the Mueller report that were previously confidential. The judge had told prosecutors they needed to make public redacted sections of the report that pertain to Flynn by today. So here's a judge orders the Justice Department to do something. They don't do it. And he's like, no, this shit needs to get done today. See, this is that. This is the crisis. This is the executive fighting with the judicial branch, right? And this is the whole checks and balances playing out right now, which I find fascinating. Uh, it, it, it is the Trump's administration's, uh, it is their plan to basically deny, okay, and then as they deny it, well, it has to get sued because it has to go to the courts. The court has to decide. And it's that slow process of just hoping maybe the courts will side with Trump but maybe they don't. Well, hey, at least it took a month. And then maybe there'll be a, a counter sue. I don't know. His whole plan is just to slow walk this entire thing. So um, I'm going to keep my eye on this because uh, this judge said he wanted that shit today. So let's see if they make it happen today. And then maybe on Monday 
We'll have some more information on what that judge wants to do. Uh, technically, he could hold people in contempt. You're breaking the law. You're not listening. So we'll see if that happens. Um, so I think that's pretty much everyone. everything I wanted to talk about. Um, I do want to say a huge thank you to all these new listeners. Uh, it's been a lot of you. I mean, I'm up to like almost like over 40 views on the, my last episode. So thank you so much. Please let me know um, if there's anything that you think I can do better or anything that I am missing, uh, anything that you hate, like, whatever, check me out on Instagram, uh, PNB Podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Spotify. Music is always done by my boy Mandalorian. He's also on Instagram, man underscore DeLorean, like the car. And uh, yeah, so hopefully next month too, I'll have some really cool interviews. It's Pride Month, so uh, you know I'm in San Francisco. I've got I've got I've got so many queer people here that I can talk to. So I'm hoping to have some uh, good interviews, uh, just about what's going on in in, in that world. And uh, yeah, I'll keep you all posted. So thanks again, much appreciated. Have a wonderful weekend.